And welcome to episode 12 of the best podcast available, Training Camp Edition. A beautiful Saturday, the final Saturday in August, Gribs. The sun came out. The sun is shining. It's not 90 degrees, a nice breeze, a beautiful day for football here in Berea as the Browns able to get back on the practice field after needing to build an arc yesterday with the amount of rain that was uh, dished, dished out from Mother Nature. Yeah, and really a good test for the, for the Browns practice field. It looks like they held up, held up all right. I didn't walk through too much uh, water to get to our viewing spot today, but yeah, it feels like more, a lot more like football weather. It's, it feels like the transition into football season We've gotten maybe through some some dog days training camp weather, and now the guys are back on the field. And I think that they are – today's practice, I think, was reflective of getting ready for a big Sunday. And I, I think that that's why, you know, maybe the on-field activity was not as, uh, you know, as prevalent uh, and, and notable today as, as it has been in the past two practices. But I think that's why they're getting ready for tomorrow, which is a, a, a kind of a, a key moment here in the buildup to the season. No question about it. I mean, the team in shells today. Uh, no B.J. Goodson, no Chris Hubbard. Uh, I don't believe we've gotten any updates yet unless you have gotten anything coming across your, uh, your desk. So uh, still no Greedy. Um, and Najoku did some work inside, it looks like. Uh, he was not out on the practice field today. Uh, Adrian Claiborne was back, though. Good sign for the Browns. Uh, Jarvis Landry with a couple of big catches. Terrence Mitchell continues to impress. But in shells, uh, a lot of maybe situational work, it seemed, from where we were at from very far away. But um, looked like the Browns just getting in some work today and, and, as you said, getting ready for the big day on Sunday at First Energy Stadium. Yeah, today they, it seemed like they've had a couple good days uh, leading up to this, and it just seems like today that they're – kind of pacing themselves and, and getting ready for what I imagine would be tomorrow in pads and, and in, in the stadium and kind of getting used to going there. I think a lot of these guys, this will be their first time in that stadium uh, and just a lot of players and getting used to maybe the new game day routine. I'm, I'm curious, how do you get all 80 players in that locker room? Is there a socially distanced setup in, in that regard? How are they going to spread them out and, and kind of make the most uh, of that one field that they'll be playing on? It'll, it'll be interesting to see, but uh, I think it's just it's just another reminder that this season is right around the corner, and I think that they've got a the, the they're treating this like this is just a step in the process. I mean, you've got to know you've got to know where to go when you get to the stadium. You don't want to be lost. You don't. You just got to find out some logistical things. You have to figure out how to go through the tunnel. You have to figure out all those little things that we seem to take for granted. And I think it's big for coaches as well, uh, orchestrating how you want to work the sidelines, how you want to do all that that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it all, it all plays into kind of the magic that people see on Sundays. And sometimes you have to practice this stuff as mundane as it might seem. Yeah. I mean, even from just the warmups, you yeah. know, usually every coach at some point they have a practice where it's game conditions coming out 60 minutes before you're coming out, you're doing your group work, then you're doing your teamwork and then whatever else you need to do. And at the 25 minute mark or the 30 minute mark before kick, then you bring everybody back inside and you know what, what those next steps entail, just so everybody knows, especially for rookies. I mean, Gribble, I don't even know how we're getting to the press box tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow's a bit of a mystery for me. I'm, yeah. You know, I, I'm just, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, it, it's going to be a weird, just a, kind of a, a different, setup and I think that that's the that, that's the mystery of all this and it's the mystery of this entire season 
Yeah. We've been and, talking every day about the, the radio broadcast and all like the little things that go into to what we consider a normal NFL Sunday. It's just, you know, nothing's the same. Yeah. And, uh, and really uh, a peek behind the curtain, we're not allowed on the field level. Normally yeah. our credentials get us basically everywhere <laughs> except for one or two uh, discrete areas. We won't even be on the field level. We're not near the locker rooms. We're not anything. We basically have to go upstairs and around. And if you're not in tier one or tier two, you are nowhere near the playing surface. So it's going to be interesting to see how it looks tomorrow and see what these guys do. Coach Stefanski did say, I mean, for the most part, it's going to be a practice at the stadium. But they're going to get into a few things toward the end of practice, maybe some situationals and, uh, and some 11 on 11. And, and we'll see what this team looks like and get a quick glimpse with two weeks to go before kickoff uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. Anything else that stood out to you today or, or anything else before we get in uh, to the guys that talked before practice? Because they might end up being the bigger story, I think, than what happened on the field today. Yeah, there was a couple of moments. I thought one from our vantage point, it looked like Baker threaded like a 25-yard pass to Taewon Taylor that the defense thought they might have had a chance to get intercepted because they reacted like they were they they got excited to to potentially pick it off, but it looks like Baker threaded it in there and Taewon uh, had a nice catch. And then at the end, Austin Cyber made all his kicks, and you like to see that. It was it was it was a good way to kind of end the, the practice, and it looked like from our vantage point, Cyber. I believe made one from either deep 40s or early 50s. And I think that was, it was good to see from a kicker who, you know, last year at training camp, we were kind of worried. It, it was, it was kind of a not exciting kicking competition because both guys seem to be missing more than they were making. And I think that this year, Cybert isn't in a competition. He's really just pressing it, force, forcing the issue with himself. And from our vantage point, he's made most of his kicks. And I think that's good to see going into his second season. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so the guys that talked earlier in the day, uh, our new linebacker, Malcolm Smith, talked. Uh, Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach, and the wide receiver pass game coordinator, Chad O'Shea, who was on the BPA yesterday, talked along with Coach Stefanski. Um, let's start with Coach Callahan. He had some interesting things to say, especially as it pertained to our number one draft pick, Jedrick Wills. Well, your thoughts uh, on what Coach Callahan had to say? Well, I thought it was some pretty just a frank assessment of the situation. I think as as anyone has envisioned, this is not the ideal situation. And I think even, you know, you go back to 2007, if this was the situation that Joe Thomas faced going into his first NFL game, it wouldn't have been an ideal situation. So it's just one of those things where you're going to have to kind of take the lumps and, and roll with it. And as Kevin Stefanski made clear, Jedrick Wills is their guy. They're not just going to plug in someone else just because they have more experience going into game one and trying to get him ready behind the scenes. They're throwing him right into the fire. And I think that that shows me that they're confident enough in what they've seen from him and in the, the positive moments. And now it's just a matter of minimizing the negative and, and getting him as, as sharp as possible. And they're doing that with I mean, just a whole lot of Olivier Vernon, who is has practiced every day and given him a lot to, to work with. And I think that that's the that's the that's basically what we're going to have to understand going into the season that Jedrick Wills is going to be a much different player week eight than he is week one. Yeah, it will be on-the-job training. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it. Other takeaways from Coach Callahan today? Well, I think that, again, high praise for, for Nick Harris. And I think that's another rookie that's going in there who now as we – again, we're getting – we talked about this yesterday, but the days are winding down until until the opener. and We still have not seen J.C. Treader out there, so every day it becomes 
maybe more and more of a possibility that Nick Harris is going to be out there week one. And everything you've heard about the kid, and we've talked to him before, he's, he's an impressive guy. And I think he's really adjusted both mentally and physically to, to the new position. And I think that uh, it's a testament to him that we haven't been talking about him too much because I think he's doing a pretty good job. So uh, we'll just keep our eyes on him and keep our eyes and see if we see JC out there anytime soon. But it, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, Nick Harris getting a lot of praise from a, from a lot uh, of the coaches. And one only hopes that that progress continues here because, again, he could be thrown into the fire uh, two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, Chad O'Shea talked. Big takeaways from Coach O'Shea. I know he had a lot of praise for Kaderil Hodge, a guy that's gotten, again, he's gotten a lot of praise from a lot of people this week. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is I came away from it counting because I think the big storyline with him is the fact that we, we're not really clear on who the third receiver is on this team. And I, I came away with it thinking that there are six candidates still for, for the job. I mean, that, I don't know if I, I'm overcounting, but it may be at least five because you're talking about Rashard Higgins, Damian Ratley, Taewon Taylor, Kaderil Hodge, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. So that, that is five. And I, I, and I think we've seen all those guys – out there in some capacity with the first offense at some point in camp. I mean, they just keep rotating these guys. So there's really no way you can just look out there and see who you think is going to be the player. But we clearly think Richard Higgins has the edge from an experience factor, a chemistry factor. But uh, when you hear him mention all those other players, I mean, and then what, watch what you've seen at practice, it, it, it wouldn't surprise you if any of those guys uh, ended up taking on the role this season. Yeah. Again, I mean, Cadero – Kaderil was gone for almost five days. Um, Hollywood's really come on the last couple of days. We really don't know what Damian Ratley brings to the table right now in 2020. I mean, we know a little bit of the, the past body of work, but he's missed a ton of time. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a rookie. And, you know, JoJo Natson and the rest of that crew, Mr. Taylor as well. Who knows what's going to happen? I think – Tomorrow could be a pretty big day, maybe, to determine yeah. how things look going into this final non-game week of practice. Um, I mean, you've got 10 practices, if my math is correct, potentially, uh, with five between Sunday and Friday, and then the following week, it's game week, starting on Monday, and you're in full-on game prep mode, so... Uh, got to get some answers, got to start to fill well, things out here sooner rather than later. And most importantly, in between then, you're making roster decisions. So you don't have 10, you don't have 10 practices with all these guys. It's, it's, it's going to be your, those final four are going to be with your, the guys you're taking into the season. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one that I, I really have no, I don't have a true feel on that room uh, at all right now. And I think there are some people you think you assume are going to be on the roster, but I, I've learned at this time you make no assumptions. And I think that it's, no. it's anything can be on the table uh, with those players. But it, I think we went into this offseason thinking, man, you could probably use some depth at the wide receiver position. But now you're like, there, there's a lot of guys there. And I think that that's a testament to, to maybe the coaching O'Shea's done and maybe just the, the way that these players have, have, have responded to the challenge. I mean, there, there's, a lot, there's been a lot of good playing out there so far from that position. Yeah, they, uh, it is a very deep room. That is for sure. That's what happened today out here in Berea. Time now for our interview of the day. Get to know you interview with New Brown safety Carl Joseph, an interesting guy and uh, a guy whom a lot is expected of uh, all of a sudden as Joseph works his way back from an injury last season. 
Gribble had a few minutes to sit down with the new Brown safety, have a watch, and have a listen. Glad to be joined here now by new Brown safety, Carl Joseph. Carl, what what is your personal plan been like to get you back up to speed after 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 the way your previous season ended? Um, I think the staff been doing a good job, man. The trainers, um, you know, with Joe and his staff, and you know, the communication wise to you know everybody just being on the same page. Of, um, their plan for me. Um, uh, communicating that with me. So I think it's been a good plan. Um, I've been kind of ramping up the past few weeks, a uh, couple of days this week, uh, taking a lot more reps and stuff like that. So, you know, heading into week one that, you know, I'm feeling good. There's no holdback, no setbacks, man. So I, I think those guys have done a great job with me. And you were playing before your injury last year, you were playing maybe some of the best football of your career. I mean, how – how excited are you to get back and, and show that, that you, you're only getting better as, as a safety out there? Um, you know, I, I have a lot to prove. I think this team has a lot to prove, so it's, it's a perfect match. Um, you know, like I said before, you know, I, I, I always play with a chip on my shoulder, but this year is even more, um, you know, with the way the season ended for me last year. And um, coming here, it's fresh start, fresh new opportunity, man. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I feel blessed to be in this position, this opportunity with this team. So um, I'm just going uh, to get everything I have, man, uh, to show the world and, and show th this organization that they, they did the right thing by giving me this opportunity. And, and what was it like for your group this past week, losing Grant, and, and how much more pressure does that put on the rest of the group to step up now? Um, it, you know, it was hard, man, um, to see him go down like that. You know, I know what it's like to be hurt and be injured, man. Um, uh, you know, especially the young guy, man, had before the season even starts. So I know how hard that is for him. Um, that that's what I care about more than his his mental. Um, so you know, we're gonna have to do a good job of staying in his corner, man, keeping him positive because I know how how uh, hard that can be. You know, especially being hurt during the season. Um, but, you know, I think we've done a good job of stepping up. Guys that need to step up, you know, that's football. Um, it's unfortunate sometimes, you know, you lose guys. And I think Grant was going to be a, a big part of this defensive team. So, um, you know, the next guy's got to be up, got to be ready. Um, you know, nobody's going to come in here to save us. Nobody's going to feel sorry for us um, that we have injuries. Everybody have injuries. So, next guy up, got to be ready to play. Have you been encouraged by what you've seen from the secondary, even with all these injuries? Because it seems like you guys are making a lot of plays out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that that goes to the you know credit to the staff, um, our DB coaches, uh, Coach Jeff and D Lynch. Man, those guys, um, you know, those guys work hard, and Coach Woods, and um, they work hard to make sure we be very detailed and, and know what we're doing. So. You know, we're just going out there and executing our job. So everybody's been kind of stepping up, man. We're getting better. We're not where we need to be yet, man, but we've been making strides. And um, we're getting better every practice, every week. So um, as long as we keep going on that route, man, we're going to be just fine. And what kind of tandem do you think you and, and Anderson Dejo can make back there and, and the fact that both of you guys are, are veterans now? Um, you know, I, I'm not big into talking about making predictions and all that, man, but, you know, I think uh, just like like me, Andrew has always been a guy his whole career, always played with a chip on his shoulder. So um, he's a vet. You know, he's seen a lot of football. I've seen a lot of football at this point in my career. So, um, you know, we're communicating well, um, you know. So we just got to go out there and play, man. It's not too much to talk about. We just got to go out there and handle business.
What's it like having a defensive coordinator like Joe Woods that obviously has a ton of knowledge and experience working with, with guys like you in the secondary? Um, it's good. Um, you know, anytime you have a D coordinator that's, that, that was a DB coach, you know, he's big. Um, his emphasis is on secondary. You know, he's always coming in our rooms, making sure he's seeing what we're talking about and stuff like that, man. That, that's big for us because we know he's always going to put us in, in the best positions to be successful. And um, he's going to be detailed with what we're supposed to do and how to do our job. So um, I think it's been great for us. When you had that practice like you did a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago where you had a couple interceptions, how much does that do for your personal confidence and, and make it feel like, you know, I am really ready for this season to get here? Oh, I feel good, man. Um, you know, it sucks for me, you know, with the way – kind of um, how camp's been for me not being able to get out there and get all the reps with my guys, but I know it's for my best interest. Um, so, you know, just going out there and being able to get those reps and, and making some plays in the ball and stuff like that. Um, kind of get my mind off the injury. I'm not thinking about it. You know, I know I'm good. Um, so it's definitely a little confidence builder. I feel good just being out there with my teammates, communicating, running around, and, you know, just having fun and playing the game that I love. And for you, just what have you seen from this defensive line that is helping you guys out in the secondary by getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback so far? It's been great, man. I don't think I've, I've really ever played with a defense line that's is so talented all across the board, really like that, man. So it's definitely fun playing beyond those guys because we know they're going to make our job a lot, of easy, a lot easier. So, um, you know, I can't wait to get in the season and see how, how they start to wreck stuff. So it's been fun for sure. And then the last one, just what are you expecting in that season opener just with uh, Baltimore's already announced no fans and, and you guys are going on a short training camp. What are you expecting when, when you get there and finally get on the field? Um, I expect it to be a, you know, a very competitive game. Um, you know, they got a good team. We have a good team. Um, you know, obviously with no fans, it's going to be weird. It's going to be different than what we used to. You know, I don't think I've ever played with no fans since I've started playing football. So I've been playing football my whole life. So I'm sure that's going to be a different experience. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we got to go out there and take care of business. If we're playing the game, you know, can't worry about nothing else that we can't control. We've got to worry about everything that we can't control. So and that's going out there and, and playing, doing everything we can to win the game. Well, Carl, I greatly appreciate you joining us and, and good luck for the rest of the season. I appreciate y'all having me. Thank you. Thanks to Carl Joseph for his time. And Gribbs, I mean, you mentioned it. You asked him, and he said, you know, I don't set expectations, but a lot is being expected of him and Mr. Sendejo as we get closer to this date in Baltimore to kick off the season. Yeah, and I think he's he's someone that's, that's anxious to get out there. And I, it seems like – Based on us talking to him, he's been practicing every other day, but it sounds like he wants to get the, get out there even more. And I think that he understands the the restraints of the plan he's on. But uh, it, I think you're, it, it was tough to lose Grant Elpit. I think everyone acknowledges that. But if you could keep Sandejo and Joseph healthy and on the field and get and get some good performance out of Sheldrick Redwine, I think you're still okay at that safety spot. It's just a matter of keeping those guys in the field and, and getting them to play at a high level. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – Sheldrick Redwine has come on, and he impressed the other day when he talked to the media. He's made some plays, especially on special teams. And, um, you know, that safety room, the, the cupboard's not bare. All is not lost with Grant Delpit going down. But clearly Grant Delpit going down was a big hit 
to the defense as a whole and the plans for 2020. Yeah, I, I think it, it's 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 just there's no way around like describing the Delpit injury. It's terrible. Like it's just he was going to do some things that I don't think there was backup plans for. So you're just going to have to adjust what you want to do defensively. And I, I think that uh, you're not going to find a Grant Delpit on the waiver wire or, or getting someone in that that has that kind of skill set. And so I, I just think you have to adjust with what you have and uh, get those guys ready to to at least play at the level that you want to see from your safety position. And I think we knew going into this year is going to be a, a big question marks and it was question marks even with Delpit. And now it's just on those guys to perform at a high level, but the Joseph Sandejo combination, that's, that's about a combined 15 years of experience in the NFL. So I, I think that's, that's not bad uh, to, to have as, as kind of the backup plan. So tomorrow we move to first energy stadium for practice uh middle of the afternoon should be a beautiful day down on the lakefront and obviously we're watching that wide receiver room especially with the off day on monday and then what they will come out with then on tuesday for practice uh what else are you looking for uh, in this practice tomorrow which is really mainly going to be a practice maybe a little scrimmage at the end but for the most part this is going to be a practice yeah i'll be watching just to see Maybe after all of our third wide receiver discussion, I'll be breaking down snaps and trying to figure out where that room stands. Because again, I'm I'm as I'm as lost as anyone else in, in trying to predict what that group is going to look like. And I, you know, I'll, I'll just throw this out there. I, I just want to see keep seeing more Harrison Bryant. This guy has been become the most fun guy to watch at at training camp. Just makes a ton of catches. Made another another big one today. And and, and it seems like the practice we weren't at on Friday, we had some video footage of it, and he was productive and he keeps uh, making you think he's going to have a pretty significant role in this offense this year. I think that's one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing that offensive line, especially if they do end up going with a little 11 on 11 in a game situation at the stadium, what that looks like, what that might feel like, who the backups might be <laughs> for, yeah. for those positions. Um, it will be nice to actually get the best vantage point that we've seen from any training camp practice here in 2020 and be able to see the formations and just kind of see what this offense might look like and how the defense uh, is going to be setting themselves up here in 2020. Yeah. I didn't even think about the great view. I mean, uh, well, it'll, it'll feel like a million dollar seats. You know, I, I think that we, we've, we'll, we'll really appreciate the, the vantage point we have now after kind of, straining our necks one way or the other, trying to stand on chairs and, and see what's going on at training camp this year. Yeah, no, I, it, it uh, that part will be really nice. And, you know, we'll get to see everybody. Yeah, you know, we were, this will be a big day tomorrow because this will kind of set the tone for how the week uh, will go after, uh, after a, a pretty crazy week, a very emotional week and a week that has seen a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and just, frankly, a lot of craziness going on uh, in the world and here in Berea. So I said, knock on wood, I think Saturday was still as, about as normal of a day as we've had all week. Yes. No, it was. It yeah. was totally. You mean, I, I, at first, I was like, oh, yesterday. No, yesterday, the wrath of God came for a good eight hours. So, um I'm looking forward to seeing what tomorrow brings and excited to get back to First Energy Stadium uh, just to get a little sense of normalcy, if, if for nothing else. 
We are back with you tomorrow after the practice. We will recap it for you on the best podcast available. Make sure you like and subscribe today to the best podcast available. Also, watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Browns. Thanks to Jeff McDaniel for all of his help. For Andrew Gribble, I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available.